Amen. Amen. Come on, is God good? Come on, is God good? Is God good? Hallelujah. Join me just for, uh, just for a moment if we can. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Father, I want to say thank you even now in advance before this word goes forward. Thank you for what you prepared for your people. Thank you for not leaving us fatherless, not leaving us as orphans. So many of us, we understand what life is to live without. But when you came to Christ, he promised to give you life and life more abundantly. So with our hands raised, let's just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that today is the day that I get to cross over from my despair to hope. I get to cross over from the things that I've, I've lost and I'm missing out on to now a place of overflow and abundance. Thank you, God, that in spite of my sins and my struggles, your grace is still greater. It's still, it's still available to me. And God, I believe today you're drawing your people close, 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 close to you, Lord, close to you, Father, so that we today, we today will leave this place not just with full assurance I'm a child of God, but now I'll be able to carry that knowledge everywhere that I go. And out of the overflow of my life, men and women are going to be convinced there is a God. Men and women who are connected to my life are going to be convicted and drawn to the love of the Father. I believe in these last days, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see people you love and you've been praying for that rejected your God, that mocked you for going to church. They're going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They're going to bow their knee to his authority as king, and they're going to follow him just as you have been. Because you remember the day when you used to mock others. You used to laugh at others. And now look at you, baby. You're a child of the living God. Walking in his grace. Walking in his love. Walking in his truth. So, Father, we say thank you today. Thank you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you have for us. And, and today we will embrace it. We will live in it. Ooh, no more fear. Come on, somebody. No more fear. No more fear. I know what tomorrow is on the calendar, but I don't have any time for that stuff. I'm walking in freedom. I don't have time for fear. I'm walking in hope. I don't have time to worry. I'm living in the overflow of the strength I feel from staying in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Everyone okay? We just stay here just for a moment longer before I preach. Can we just stay here just for a moment longer? We've been all week long. We've just been, those of us who have been here, we've been seeking God. We've been praying. We've been worshiping, drawing close and and I just need you to know that God isn't done yet. Yeah, he's not done. In fact, for some of us, it, you're just beginning to scratch the surface of what he wants to show you, of how he wants to, to pour his love upon you. And you don't have to wait seven more days to be in his presence. He's going to literally overflow out of your life today. You're going to want to stay right here, close to him. I don't mean in this place, amen. I mean close to him, amen. This is what he desires. A, a personal daily walk with us. So Lord, shift our hearts even now to this understanding. Reveal to us this deeper understanding of this, of this daily communion you want to have with your children. Not just when we have needs, but when we're happy. Not just when we're, we're, we're in pain, but when we're dancing and joyful. Not just when we're angry and God help me, but Lord, thank you for your continued grace. Amen. Amen and amen. Whew. Okay. Are y'all ready for the word of God? Are y'all ready? Y'all ready for the word of God? You can be seated today. You can be seated today. I think it's so awesome. And maybe you... Rev, uh, Reverend, Dan, Reverend Daniel, did, did, you, did you read my notes before service started? No. Did you have any idea that I was going to preach today from Acts 16? 
you had no knowledge at all today that my entire text comes from what you were just sharing about Paul and Silas. I just need you to know God, God has prepared something for you all so great, okay, that as soon as he started talking, I started giggling because I, I, I was like, unless he was looking at my laptop, Pastor Beth, before service started, he's in the same vein that I am. He's hearing from the same God that I am. And God clearly has something he's ready to reveal to your life today. So you tell your spirit today, get ready to receive. Come on, you tell. You tell yourself, ears, open up and hear the word of the Lord today. Because clearly God has already set the stage for what this is going to look like. We've been ministering this series called Haunted Houses and it's really just the idea of what Jesus said in Matthew 12, where when a spirit comes out of a house, when an evil spirit comes out of your house, your, your life, if you will, he goes into dry places seeking rest and finding them, but then ultimately he comes back and he says, let me see if this, what, what what's, it's like at this house now. I was in a dry place, but now I'm coming back to this home and if it's swept in an order, meaning you, you started to get your life together, but it isn't filled with anything. You don't fill it with the a time with God. You don't fill it with the word. You don't fill it with prayer. The enemy says, I'm going to bring seven others along with me, and the state of that person is actually worse than before. This is why people you and I have seen in our life, right? We've seen God deliver them, and then they go back to, to things that God delivered them from, and then their life is just completely jacked up. I mean, you thought they were bad previously. Now their life is, is just in total ruins. Come on, somebody, don't, don't, don't act like, oh, crap, he's, he's, he's talking about me. No, I want you to live free and filled with the Spirit of God. And in this idea of haunted houses, you're, you're a part of a ministry where God allows me on multiple occasions to, and not that I want this, but he allows me on multiple occasions to deal with the demonic demonic manifestation, not just what you see in movies. And, you know, I've never seen anyone's head just, you know, twist all the way around and, you know, just that, that crazy stuff you see on television. I've, but I have been a part of my fair share of experiences of demonic possession, seeing people get liberated uh, from demonic power. And a lot of what we've seen is actually in people's homes, believe it or not. People invite us over to their home to pray and, and things will just start manifesting. Stuff will start moving. Lights will start flickering. Doors will start slamming. Uh, just the things that are happening in people's homes. Well, there was one home in particular I was asked to go and pray at a couple years ago. And at this home, there had been uh, witchcraft was taking place. There were uh, occultic practices were going on. And what happened is, is as we were praying, uh, we started seeing shadows starting to move, just like all around, just, just starting to move. Well, we were praying in every room, and we got to this one point, and then sure enough, um, the owner of the home was like, oh my God, there it is. And she, she saw the physical manifestation of this demon at the top of the steps, kind of running away. <laughs> and so we, we got to the section of the house, Pastor Bethel, where we're, we're praying, and, and what had happened also on this block is um, the neighbor's child had committed suicide, jumped out the window, committed suicide. And so this, this spirit of death was in that area. And in fact, in, in that particular room, um, one of their daughters had done the same thing. Same spirit came on her and she jumped out the window. Now, thank God she lived, but the same exact thing came after. You see, her house was open, so the spirit found a place because that's what demons do. They're looking for a place to dwell. And she jumped out the window, tried to commit suicide. Now, praise God, she's still alive. Praise God for that. But as we started praying and got to that section of the house, this is so cool to me because I can't see necessarily always into the spirit realm, but you know who can? Your animals can, okay? That's why when you act in a fool, your dog is like, what the? Okay. Because your animal could just pick up on your spirit, okay? Um, and so what, what happened is, is um, we, we got to this corner of the house and we're praying, and I'm, I'm deathly allergic to cats. I, I just, I just, I, 
you, you cat lovers out there, I, I love you, but I don't, I don't love your cat. Okay, your cat hurts me. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, I'm praying, and the cat jumps up on the window, the windowsill, and the cat starts doing this, and I'm not kidding, starts doing this. It was watching stuff fly out the window. As we opened, we opened up the window and just watching stuff just fly out of the window. And its head was on a swivel for probably a good like 60 seconds, just watching this stuff just, just fly out uh, as we were casting it out of this house. Now, I'll come and pray over your house and I'll, I'll cast anything out of your physical home if I need to. But you need to know that God wants this house, this temple to be free so his spirit can fill it. Amen. So Acts 16, Rev. Acts 16. Verse 16. Now, it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So a slave girl who clearly was so possessed by a demon that she could, she was a fortune teller, right? A soothsayer, if you will. All right. And her masters were making money off of her supernatural abilities. This girl followed Paul and, and, and the rest of us, and, and she cried out. Now, check this out. This demon-possessed girl who's just supposed to be telling the future and making money for her master starts following men of God. And she starts crying out loud, screaming, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Isn't this crazy that a demon can preach the gospel sometimes better than us? <laughs> this demon's just hollering out. These guys right here, they proclaim the way to salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, I love this, greatly annoyed, turned and said to that spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Hallelujah, right? Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. God's good. But just keep reading. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, whoo, isn't that what it's always about, Pastor Bethel? Just my bottom line. That's what it's always about. You affect my money. And here's what they did. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates, check this out, tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. So now here they completely humiliate them. Then they commanded them to be beaten. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely. And having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Anybody, anybody else ever had just one of those days, right? Just, you're just living life and, and just minding your own business. And then all of a sudden, all hell just breaks loose. Anybody ever had those days? You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, then, and then afterwards, you think to yourself, well, it can't get any worse than this. But then it did. Am I describing anybody's week or month or, or 2022? I don't know. Just, I've been there. And, and, and in this text that we're reading, Paul and Silas, they can relate to having one of those days. Here they, they encounter this, this, this girl who's demon-possessed, the spirit of, of, of divination. And, and all they did was just set her free from this spirit. That's all they did. The spirit, come out in, in the name of Jesus. And, and the thanks that they got was a public humiliation. They're stripped naked. They're, they're beaten by the mob. And then they're thrown in prison. You know what I've learned about, about this walk with God? Sometimes the people who are most on fire for God are usually the most, are, are, are under the most heat. They, 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 they feel the most uh, 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 problems and, and, and pain from people. And I just want to tell you this here today, that if you don't have any haters coming for you because of your passion for God, then you probably don't have any passion for God. 
Okay. Should I say that again? If there are no haters coming after you for your passion, it's because you have no passion. That's just, that's just how it works in, in Christianity. So this demon, this, this spirit of divination comes out of her. And the Latin for the word divination, divinare, just simply means to foresee. This, this spirit could inspire her to foresee into the future. So divination is associated biblically with the occult. Now, if you don't know what that means, it, it means anything that involves fortune telling, anything that involves palm reading, I'm, I'm going to come right to your neighborhood today, anything that involves tea leaves, I'm going to come right to your front door, anything that involves tarot cards, anything that involves star charts, anything that involves these things where I need to see my horoscope first before I, woo, before I can even make it through the day. Okay. Uh, Tiana, we got, that, we got that, that first image, that can't trust the Bible image. Can't, I, I love this image. When they say that they can't trust the Bible because it's written by man, but they trust newspapers and science journals and horoscopes and fortune cookies. Come on, somebody. Come on. What? God actually, God has a, God has a pretty stern view towards divination. Here's what he says in Deuteronomy 18. He says, there shall be not found among you anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes, or interprets omens. So God basically says, stop it with the tarot cards. Stop it with the palm reading. Stop it with going to these, these soothsayers and fortunes. Stop it. Stop dropping the quarter in the machine. To see the eight ball rubbed, and your fortune will be what? Stop. God said, there shouldn't be any of this found among you. You need to know the future, then come to me, because I've already got it written. I already know what's going to come tomorrow. I've been there. It's interesting to me that the, the spirit of divination here is actually only one of a few spirits that are named in the Bible. We have the angels that are named. We have Gabriel and, and Michael that we know by name. Lucifer, who becomes Satan. We have what I talked about a, a few weeks ago um, in, in terms of the, the scapegoat. We, we have these spirits that are named, but in the New Testament, with all the demons we've got to deal with, this is one of the only spirits that, that is actually named in scripture. And it's translated like this in Greek. It's translated as Puthon. In English, we translate that as Python. And if you know anything about Greek mythology, and I'm, and I'm not trying to advocate for that today, but, but I'm always intrigued by it. In Greek mythology, Python is the name of the serpent that was slain by Apollos. And so, and so when we think of, of Python, remember, pythons aren't, aren't like other snakes. Most snakes just bite their, their prey, and, and, and obviously the venom gets injected into your bloodstream. But pythons are different. They're constrictors, right? Give them that image real quick, Tiana. This, this is what they do, right? The first thing that they do is they, they ambush. Woo! The spirit of python ambushes. Okay? It means you weren't ready for it. it. Catches you off guard. You're just going through life, just, just being a good Christian, and boom, you get ambushed. And then what it does is, is, is it begins to wrap itself around its victim and, and slowly begin to squeeze and crush the very breath out of its victim until the, your vic the victim ends up dying of asphyxiation or, or your heart stops because you no can no longer breathe. Biblically speaking, when you think of the word breath, where does that take you? Where does that take your mind? Breath. Breath, the breath of mankind is symbolized by the spirit of God. He says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And after he forms man, the Bible tells us he breathes the breath of life into man. 
So anytime you see breath, let your mind go right to the Holy Spirit. I was just a, a, a piece of clay shaped like the image of God, but I became a living being when the breath of God came into me. So when I think of my ability to breathe, my mind biblically has to go to the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, when Jesus tells him in John 20, he says, receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us he breathes on every one of them. So the Holy Spirit is revealing something to you today, and it's this. When the spirit of a python is at work, it is trying to squeeze the literal breath, the spirit of God, out of your daily existence. And that's why so many churches are lifeless. That's why so many denominations are dying off, because that spirit of the enemy, this python, has slowly and methodically wrapped itself around this denomination, around these churches, and it has slowly squeezed the passion and the joy and the praise and the shout and the dance and the word and the focus and the evangelism out of that ministry. And have you ever felt the squeeze on your walk with God? Have you ever felt so weary and, and overburdened and overwhelmed and helpless and hopeless? Have you ever felt like you're caught under the squeeze? of the spirit. I've been under it before. I lost my very breath. Three years ago, first time in my life, I experienced a panic attack. All hell had broken loose in my life and I was driving down the road and experienced a panic attack and I couldn't breathe and I didn't know what was going on and I could feel the very life leaving me as I'm behind the wheel of a car. And it was in that moment, it was in that moment that I could feel God just still speaking to me still speaking to me, and I want to tell you what he told me today. God was just telling me what, he's, what I believe he's telling you. If you feel like you're under the squeeze of something trying to steal your very breath, that God is here today to reverse your position. I feel like I'm under the squeeze, but I need to tell you what the word says in Romans 16, 20, because he's about to reverse your position. Whatever you've been under, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I need somebody who's been under the squeeze today to put your hands together and believe this word, this truth. God is going to reverse my position. I was under it, but eventually God's going to put it under my feet. That very thing that was meant to surround me and crush me whoo, is soon going to be crushed under my feet. My God, I said it last week, but I can't, Pastor Olga will, will watch these TikTok videos and I can't help but giggle every time I think of, of the Halloween workout that simply just says squash Satan and kick him in the crotch. I love that. Because I feel like that's what's getting ready to happen today, somebody. I feel like spiritually you're about to rise up and instead of being so pressed and oppressed, you're going to rise up and crush him. Whew, under your feet. You might as well just, just, I mean, just go straight Cobra Kai on that dude. Verse 16, go back to verse 16 real quick, Tiana. Verse 16. Notice when this spirit of, of, of squeeze shows up. This python spirit shows up when? As we went to prayer. <laughs> uh, I laugh because all week long we've been coming to prayer. We've been coming into prayer and some of you could feel it all of a sudden. Like, ooh, can't breathe. Huh. I don't, I don't know if I can make it tonight. I don't know if God is, is, is worth an hour of my time tonight. Come on, somebody. Oof. Uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the squeeze. And the scripture tells me it's, it's in the moment when Paul and Silas, who are men of prayer, are on the way to the house of prayer, that the spirit begins to launch itself against them. And I need you to know, ladies and gentlemen, Satan does not mind if you keep coming to church. He doesn't mind if, if you keep acting holy. And he doesn't mind if you keep pretending to be religious. You know what Satan begins to mind? The whole kingdom of darkness starts to get really afraid when you decide, no matter what, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep seeking the face of God no matter what. When Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you know what he ultimately tells us once I've got the full armor on? He tells us to keep on praying in the spirit. Ephesians 6, 18, at all times. In every occasion, stay alert, stay persistent, and keep praying, especially for your brothers and sisters in Christ. I know some of you get really annoyed and you want some hand sanitizer after I tell you to lay your hands on your neighbor, but I'm trying to help you apply scripture here, ladies and gentlemen, to at all times to keep praying, especially for those who are believers. Keep praying, because sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes I'm so discouraged. Sometimes I'm so overwhelmed. Sometimes I'm so overwhelmed worked. Sometimes I feel the squeeze of the enemy. I can't even pray for myself, but do I have any believers that will say when you can't, I will. I'll step in place and keep praying for you. Say, don't mind me coming to church. He minds that I keep praying no matter what. No matter what. Whew. And if your prayer life is being fought right now, I've got one simple advice for you, which is one simple piece of advice. Keep praying because whatever you bind on earth Jesus said will be bound in heaven so keep praying whatever you loose on earth Jesus said will be loose in heaven so keep on praying back to 16 what we see here is Paul and Silas are they're not in Jerusalem they're not in Israel what they are is they're on their route this is their first missionary journey to Europe they are expanding the kingdom they're preaching the gospel. Paul got the revelation that the gospel wasn't just, was no longer just for the, the Jews. Peter actually caught this first when he met up with a man named Cornelius in Acts 10, just six chapters previous. And Cornelius, a Gentile, receives the Holy Ghost and begins to speak in other tongues. And, and now Peter realizes the Spirit isn't just for the Jews. This promise is for everyone. And so Paul's the one that God commissions to take this gospel and take the Spirit of God to the ends of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason that we have the Holy Spirit on this side of the planet is because God was using someone who was willing to expand the gospel, expand the kingdom, and, and preach it. And so you and I have experienced the Spirit of God because He isn't just for the Jewish people. He is for all of us. And so I, I just need you to see how God's mind is not limited by the things we are limited by. God is a God of expansion and growth. And I, if there are any children of God that are here today that believe God has called you to expand and to increase and to, and to grow as well. And, and so if that is you today, then write this point down because I need you to know this. I need you to know this is my very first point. There is no advance without an attack. There is no advance without the enemy trying to fight and hinder and restrict and constrict and squeeze the life out of what you're doing. If you're trying to advance and you feel an attack, good. That means you're going somewhere. You're moving somewhere. And today, if you feel frustrated and you feel empty and you feel confused and, and, and you're lost and, and maybe you're just offended and maybe you're ready to find a, a whole other church, fine, understand what is happening here. It's a spirit of python trying to squeeze the life out of you. 
Because when I see about the spirit, if, if the gospel is trying to expand, that means when this spirit shows up, it's trying to limit. The spirit of Python really is a spirit of limitation. It, it shows up to restrict and resist the increase of the kingdom of God. And how does it do it? It does it by squeezing the life out of your calling. Squeezing the life out of your purpose, out of your goals. Squeezes the life out of your dreams and aspirations. Man, you know what that sounds like to me? Sounds like religion to me. Squeezing the life out of my passion. Squeezing the life out of my hopes. Squeezing the life out of my desire to see God do greater things than he's ever done before. If you love religion, you're going to hate this church. I call out religious people all the time. I love you, but eventually you're just going to be like, I can't stand it there. I, I need restrictions and limitations. And, 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 and I need to be, keep God in a box. And I need church to be done in, in 45 minutes, not, not two hours. Or Oh, God, please don't go, don't go three, Pastor. Please, please don't. Please don't. The spirit of Python comes to limit, to restrict but where are the people who still believe you serve a limitless God? Come on, identify yourself today. I believe in a God who knows no boundaries except the ones I put on him, who knows no limits except the ones I put on him. I believe in a God who has greater things planned for my life. If you believe that, here's a prayer that I want you to write down, and I want you to pray this over your life this week. There's a man named Jabez in First Chronicles that prayed this way, First Chronicles 4. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territories enlarge my borders that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil and don't even don't grieve me lord ladies and gentlemen if you're looking for a prayer to pray i don't know how to pray here's a simple little prayer grab hold of that because i believe as you begin to pray that god's going to do the last part and god granted him that which he requested are you believing today that god has greater things Things for your life, expansion and increase for your life, then somebody say amen. So be it. So be it. To every future business owner in this place, you say amen. To, to every entrepreneur in this place, you say amen. Maybe you're not in politics now, but you can feel the Lord pulling you to, towards it because we need some godly people in politics. Say amen. If, if you feel like, you, I don't have anything now, but God has called me to expand and be a multimillionaire so I can advance the cause of Christ through my own bank account, then say amen. It's the expansion we're talking about, the growth and increase. To those of you who feel a call to the mission field, say amen because you're going to expand the kingdom of our God. Amen. Amen. So here Paul and Silas are. They're beaten. They're, they're broken. They're bloodied. They have been publicly humiliated, publicly slandered. And now they're, they're thrown into prison. Anyone else ever thought their walk with God was hard? Why don't you remember that next, next time you, you know, you're going through something? God, it's so hard to follow you. Think of Paul and Silas. And just praise God that you aren't being beaten and stripped naked and hit with rods and, and then tossed into prison because of your faith. Come on, somebody. Okay. And, and now here they are in prison. And, and Pastor Beth, I don't know how bad they were beaten, but I believe they were in the grip of Python, the grip of death all around them. And they could have absolutely begun to complain about their situation. Come on, American Christians. Things get a little hard, and what do we start doing? We start to complain. God, why, won't, why, why do we need to sing that bridge and that song a 20th time? Oh, there's 21. 
Here comes 22. Yep, I'm a prophet. There it was. Why, 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 why does pastor got to, why, why can't he just preach what I need, what I, what I want to hear? Why can't he just, you know, give me, just give me what I want to hear today, man of God. Why, why tell me what I, what I need to? Why? When, when we get to this place where, where all hell is broken loose, it is so easy for us to complain and then question God. I know I'm not alone in this because many of you, you, you felt the persecution for doing his work, but instead of praising him for it, you're complaining about it. Why am I going through this? Why, why is this happening to me? And, 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 and they could have absolutely been complaining and they could have absolutely been mad at God and they could have absolutely said, we're done. Screw this. This sucks. I'm tired of getting beaten every time I go to preach the gospel. I'm tired of, of having, being stripped naked and publicly humiliated every time I go to, to preach Jesus. I'm, I'm tired of being thrown in prison when I'm trying to help people get free. I'm tired of it. And, and I need you to see, the Bible tells me, they didn't even get mad at God. Not once do we read of them cussing anybody out. Come on, somebody. Oh, good Lord. I, I pray for me because I have trouble every morning when I have to come down Orchard over there in Montgomery where there's all that backed up traffic because construction was supposed to be done a while ago and it's still happening. And now I'm around so many people that can't drive and now I want to gripe and complain, God, it's the worst day ever. And you got to pray for me because sometimes I just want to let them know what I really think about their driving skills. And I don't see Paul and Silas cussing anyone out. The same people who beat them, mocked them, stripped them, threw them in prison. I don't see them declaring in any form or fashion, let's just quit this. We're done with this. I'm tired of going to church. I'm tired of serving God. And you know what else I don't see, Pastor Bethel? I do not see a pity party. I see a party, but I don't see a pity party. You know what they show me instead? They show me exactly. They model for me. How do I break free from the python spirit that's trying to squeeze the life out of me? Verse 25. Here we go, Rev. Verse 25 tells me this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God. If you want to learn how to break off the thing trying to squeeze the life out of you. Learn from two men who were beaten and imprisoned. And I, 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 I'm a kid at heart, so I, I like to imagine things. And I can imagine this conversation, right? I can imagine uh, uh, Paul saying, hey, hey, Silas. And Silas like, oh, what, Paul? Oh, I'm hurting, man. Me too. I, 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 my, I'm bleeding. I, I, I think my, my liver's broken. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I can't feel most of my body, and my legs are in chains, but I can still move my mouth. Here's the revelation for somebody if you're taking notes. Number two, stop focusing on where you're bound and start using where you're free. Come on, man. Maybe you are still angry, but you can still keep praying. Maybe you are still struggling, but you can still keep serving God. Maybe you are still recovering from the pain of loss and death and grief, but even if you're still in recovery right now, can you? I can't even lift my hands, but I can open up my mouth and still pray and give praise to God. And the, the very thing that the Python spirit is trying to stop is the very thing that ultimately begins to set 
these men free. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God. Give me that next verse there. And the prisoners were listening to them. Check out what happens. But right then, suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I want to know today, are you going to let your chains break your praise? Or are you going to let your prayer and your praise break the chains off your life? Because here's my third point. Today's choices become tomorrow's chains. Rev, you were asking them earlier, what are you chained to? Who are you chained to? And aren't you tired of being bound to the very thing that Jesus Christ died to set you free from? Oh, my God. Got a quick illustration I want to kind of explain like this. It was years ago, I bought Pastor Olga a, a um, it was a, um, a heart-shaped necklace, right? A heart-shaped necklace. The, the, the necklace, okay, beautiful. The, the heart-shaped portion of the necklace was expensive. Come on, somebody. If you know anything about Pastor Olga, she, she don't have cheap taste. Okay. She, she, come on, look at them shoes. Hello, somebody. Come on. Hello. Uh, Pastor Olga will tell you of her own volition. She might be a little bougie. She might be a little, okay? She might tell you that. But, but I bought her this necklace, and, and here was the crazy thing about it. The, the, the heart portion was costly, but the, the chain itself was cheap. And if you know anything about Pastor Olga's skin, she reacts violently to cheap chains, to cheap, to cheap rings, to, to cheap clothes. Come on, somebody. She just breaks out. Ah, still work. Still work. So she has this allergic reaction to this cheap chain. And I guess my, my, my question to you here today is, are you having a negative reaction to the chains in your life? Are, are, are you having a negative reaction to the, to the chains of depression? Uh, maybe, maybe just maybe something inside you is just like, it shouldn't be this way. I, I should, uh, maybe you're just having an allergic reaction to, to the sin and the struggle in, in your life. Maybe, maybe you're, some of you are finally having an allergic reaction to the excuses you've been making. And, and, and maybe, uh, Pastor Bethel, I'm praying that people are starting to have an allergic reaction to, the, to robbing God of what belongs to him because it's a chain that is keeping you bound. Bound and, and it's not allowing you to be blessed. I wonder if people that are just having you know, an allergic reaction to, I'm going to stay home because I'm tired. I, I, I wonder if any of us are, are experiencing a reaction to the chains that are trying to keep us bound. Verse 25 tells us that they begin to pray and sing praises. When? At midnight. There's no darker time than when you're furthest from the sun. Midnight. Midnight. And it's in this moment that they begin to pray and sing praises to God. Here's my last point today. The midnight hour is just a simple reminder that God does his best work when we think it's too late. I feel, I just, I feel the, the, the psalmist Fred Hammond singing in my head today. Late in the midnight hour, God gonna turn it around. 
is going to work in your favor. I, 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 I just, I, I hear the words of, of these hymnists of these and, and psalmists of, of yesteryear. Maybe you don't know this, but, but some of the most powerful hymns and, and, and worship songs that were composed were actually composed in the darkest times of people's lives. A, a midnight hour, if you will. If you ever heard of the name Fanny Crosby, she was a woman that was blind at, at six weeks of age. So all of, all of her known life, all she knew was blindness. But then she wrote hymns like this. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. She wrote stuff like this, near the cross. Near the cross. She wrote stuff like this. I am thine, O oh Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it Hold thy love to me. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. A psalm is written by, by a woman that could not see. Uh, the man, a wealthy man was a Chicago man by the name of Horatio Spafford. He lost all of his property in the Chicago fire. And then the, the history tells us this. His wife and four daughters got on a ship to cross the Atlantic, and he stayed behind to, to join them. But what happened is another ship collided with the ship his family was on, and all four of his daughters drowned. And as he got on a, the, the next ship to cross over, the captain told him this is the area where the ship went down. And it was at that moment that he began to write these lyrics. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How many songs are we singing in modern day Christendom that we don't even know it was from the darkest place, the most painful place, the place of grief and sorrow. They begin to cry out to God and say, even in my midnight hour, God's not done. He's still going to work this thing for my good. And you're riding along in your car, not even knowing somebody was crying, lost, pain, but God began to work in their life. And I came to tell you as well. If you're in a dark moment, if you're in a midnight hour, don't complain. Don't whine. Don't make excuses. Throw up your hands and use what you've got left and give God the praise because you're still going to see God turn it for your good. Can I get an amen from somebody who believes God does his best work even when I think it's too late? This reveals a simple truth to me. In this world, there are two kinds of people. It's very basic. Complainers or worshipers? Come on, somebody. Complainers can find anything and will always find something to complain about. Complaining about your family. Complaining about your marriage. Complaining about your money. Complaining about your food. Complaining about your health. Complaining about your government. I don't, I don't blame you there. Complaining about your job. Complaining about your, your, your church. Complaining about your pastor. Come on, somebody. Complainers will always find something to complain about. But you know what? A worshiper makes a pre-decision. Woo! Even in the worst of circumstances, I can always find something to give God praise for. The service was going to be done, but praise God, eventually it will be. 
Come on, somebody. I know my bears are terrible right now, but, but praise God, there's still hope for the future. Because maybe, just maybe, they could put up another 33 on somebody. You just never really know. I can, I can find in any situation a reason to complain, or I can find in any situation a reason to throw up my hands and give God praise. And let's do it God's way. Psalms 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continuously always be on my mouth. Where are the Christians here today that are determined no matter what, I'm going to praise and worship. I'm determined no matter what, I'm going to pray and sing and shout no matter what, I'm going to serve God, love God at all times, no matter the circumstance. I'm his. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me finish up here. Let me finish up here. I promise I'm almost done. It's in this story. Satan made one huge mistake. Huge mistake. You might think it's when he had them stripped naked and humiliated. Nope. You might think the mistake was, was when he had them beaten with rods. and We don't even know how many times, but just beaten. Nope. Maybe you thought Satan made a big mistake when he threw them in prison. You're getting warmer. The biggest mistake that Satan made was when he chained Paul and Silas. <laughs> Stop reading my notes. When he chained Paul and Silas. I need somebody who believes this word. Satan's going to make a huge mistake in your life. And it isn't the problems he brings against you. It's the fact that he still let you show up here with me today. <laughs> He still allowed you to get in your car and show up here so you and I could be chained together. There's a problem, ladies and gentlemen, for Satan when he forgets what Jesus said. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And I came to tell somebody, there were only two people praising God, but all it took was two because everybody else experienced liberation and freedom. Can I just find two people that will move past your pain, move past your problem? I feel the python, but I'm going to move past it. I'm going to lift my hands and praise God anyway. Anyway, sometimes I'm just praising God for myself. But maybe, just maybe, there's another time where my praise isn't for me. It's for the people on my row. Can you put your hands together and praise God so that somebody near you can find freedom? Freedom. Stand your feet with me all over this room. Stand your feet with me. Michael, grab that for me real quick. Grab that for me. Here's what I want to try to do for just a moment. Anybody play dominoes? Anybody play dominoes? Okay. The handful of you that do. I don't play dominoes. I set them up and I... I know that infuriates you domino players. I'm sorry. But you know what I love? You know what I love? I love the chain reaction. I want to illustrate what your praise is supposed to look like. Okay. My praise isn't just for me. Yes, I praise God because he's good. But I recognize, and we didn't have any time to set up dominoes, that there's something about the spirit of God that what causes you to catch what I've got is just being close enough to me. Just being stuck together with me. 
You're going to catch what I'm sensing. You're going to feel what I'm feeling. You're going to pray how I'm praying. You want to give up? You want to quit, but you're chained with me? Guess what, baby? What's touching me is going to touch you. And here's the best part about this, Pastor Beth, though. I didn't even realize until early when Michael and I were, were trying this out. If you know anything about fire, what does it need to exist? Fire needs, what was that? It needs some breath. It, it needs, it needs to be able to, it needs to be able to breathe for it to spread. Because the moment I cut off the oxygen, woo, the moment I cut off its breath, it's cut short. But if you will, just for a moment, my friend, demonstrate what my praise is supposed to do for you, what my prayer life is supposed to do for you. Well, what us coming together and being stuck together is meant to do for everyone around us. This is not just for me. This is not just for my family. This is for everybody that is connected. Every, even if you're on the other end, Pastor, I don't want anything to do with that you keep coming here you're gonna catch exactly what God is doing I need somebody to help me for just a moment let's set off a chain reaction in this place of praise let's set off a chain reaction of love let's set off a chain reaction of grace let's let the enemy know we're gonna see every chain broken by a chain reaction my praise my prayer my worship being given to God throw up your hands with me right now all over this place Heavenly Father we declare this we will bless the Lord at all times challenge give him back there it is his praise will continuously be on my lips somebody help me read this next part my soul boasts in the Lord let the oppressed hear and rejoice oh magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together somebody help me set off that chain reaction in this place Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I feel like somebody's about to get their breath back, Pastor Bethel. I feel somebody about to get their breath back, Ref. About to get my breath back. I felt the, 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 literally the constriction, the squeeze has robbed me of my passion, robbed me of my joy, robbed me of my praise. But there's a chain reaction being set off in this place. All week long, we've been praying for you. All week long, we've been worshiping God for you. And some of you right now, you're sitting right next to the biggest constriction in your life because they're robbing your peace. They're robbing your calling. They're robbing your joy. Some of you, it isn't maybe external. It's in, inward. And you've allowed this thing to, to live in your house. And you wonder, why can't I praise anymore? Why can't I feel God anymore? Why do I want to leave this and go find another church? It's not because I didn't sit here, God calling me out. It's just because I don't feel life. I don't, I don't see my value. I'm, I'm, I literally feel like something is being taken from me. And today is the day where I'm going to set off a chain reaction in your soul to where you're going to be able to breathe again. Breathe again. I feel like somebody's praise is coming back. I feel like somebody's joy is coming back. I feel like somebody's peace is coming back. Come on, I feel like somebody's hope is, is returning. I want to speak over every dream that God has given you in your life. I believe it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. If you believe there's a purpose on your life, throw up your hands really high. 
especially if it's been fought as of late, the expansion and the increase. Yes, it's been fought, but throw up your hands really high because I believe we're going to set off a chain reaction that's going to break everything that has tried to keep you bound, keep you down. Family, in this place today, together we're going to magnify the Lord. We're going to exalt his name. And what is going to happen is even the, the worst of the prisoners in this place are going to sense a freedom that can only come when God's people choose to say, to rise above what they feel. When God's people decide, I'm going to bless him even in the worst of circumstances. I'm going to open up my mouth and declare the goodness of God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together with our hands raised because we know God has greater things for us. Because we know there's expansion. Because we know there's increase. Because we know God isn't going to leave us in our limited difficult struggle. He's not going to leave us in a place of constriction and restriction. He's going to remove the limits. He's going to remove the inhibitors. He's going to take off the limitations. And God today is going to begin to break out in your life. I prophesy to every area of your spirit and soul that has been constricted by this spirit. I commanded in the name of Jesus to come off of your life. Let go of your house. Be removed and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the breath of God. Be filled with hope again. Be filled with purpose again. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let all God's people say amen. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Say amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Since we've done everything we need to do, Pastor Beto, here's what I'd like to do for a moment right now. If you'll just give me just five more minutes, and I promise I'll be done at 7-12. I promise you. 12-12, 12-12. I'm reading it backwards. I'm dyslexic. 7-12, dang, Pastor. Oh, crap. 12-12. Everybody, join me down here. Everybody. Even if you're far from God, join me. Don't stay in your seat. Come down here. Everybody, come down here. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's not hard. Just walk out of your seat and come on. I don't want to look up and see anybody in your seat. Come on. Come on. Come. Come. Can we turn those speakers in? Those outside speakers, turn them in, please. So I'll make sure one can hear me. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on. <clears throat> when I was, I want to say I was maybe 11 years old, my father took us on a trip and we were in a river in Missouri. Just out there just swimming, having a good time. Here's what happened. My mother was on a float and she was down the river. I saw her, so I, I felt the current pulling me. So I got on my back and I jumped in the current and the current was pulling me along towards her. Well, it was a strong current, but I made it to her. My younger brother, who at the time was 10, and my sister, who at the time was seven, decided to follow me. When the current grabbed them, it began to pull her under. My brother got up underneath and was trying to hold her up, but the current was so strong, it was pulling them down. Pull, I mean, just pulling them under, robbing their breath. My father, who was probably three football fields away, heard her scream, came running, full sprint, down gravel, barefoot, just I mean, it was rocking, just 
running full sprint. Some little kid that was standing there, didn't even know it, had a floaty. My dad just grabbed it out of his hands, jumped in the river, and saved my sister and brother. When he turned back, the kid was gone. If I was a kid, I'd be like, I want my float back. Gone. Why am I telling you this? Why am I saying this? Because God is taking us somewhere. We've gotten into this current and we don't know where it's going. Some of us, we're going to figure it out. We're going we're gonna to get there. And others of us, it's going to feel like it's going to push us under. Like, this is too much. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I feel like, I feel like it's just, Pastor, why do you keep pulling me to the altar? Why does God keep doing these? Why is God calling us back to prayer? Calling us, what is happening here? And you might feel like the current is pulling you under. But I need you to know, when you open up your mouth and cry out, your Heavenly Father is not far away. He's going to come running. He's going to rescue you. And He's going to get you the same place I am I'm living just a living proof of what God is wanting to do for this ministry he wants to get us all to the same place and maybe you don't know how to float on your back maybe you're going under but your Heavenly Father is gonna rescue you and we're all gonna get there together amen 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 with the 90 seconds I've got left to show your hands up with me father my brothers and sisters they're chained to me today they're chained to me we're at the same altar. We're in the same place. What we are asking, what I'm asking God, is that every chain on their life begin to be broken. Everywhere that they've been constricted and restricted and limited, it let it be broken today in the name of Jesus. Pastor Beth and I, we speak over your life right now. May you, may you feel the liberation of God, the love of God, amen, setting you free. In the last 30 seconds I've got, come on, somebody help me praise him. And open up your mouth and pray and help me praise him. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. Because this isn't just for you. This is for the, the people standing next to you. Help me praise him. This is liberty for everyone around you, for the addictions that are coming off, the fear that is being broken, the pain from the past that God literally is breaking off your life today. I feel the Spirit of God setting the people of God free. Let it be so today, Lord. Let it be so today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Help me. I got 10 seconds with our hands raised one more time. Follow those hands up real quick. Lord, let my brothers and sisters this week experience the pull of that current, pulling them closer to you. Let us experience it an overwhelming sense God has a purpose for what I'm going through and even if I can't breathe he's going to get me to the place of freedom I'm going to get my breath back in Jesus mighty name we pray